Gracious God, may only your words be spoken and your words be heard. Amen. Next Sunday, a week from today, we begin a new church season in the church year, the season of Advent. And that makes today the last Sunday of Pentecost, which is customarily called Christ the King Sunday. It's called Christ the King Sunday because the lessons appointed for this Sunday contain the ancient and arguably antiquated mixed bag but common and vivid and potentially useful imagery of Christ as king and of the reign or the kingdom of God. Now the reason I say that the language of kings and kingdoms is ancient and arguably antiquated is that for most of us here today, I suspect that kings and kingdoms are aspects of nation-states that are either very far away in a different part of the world or are from very long ago or both. And because of that distance and long history, the words king and kingship can carry centuries of baggage with them. First, and most obviously, as you all well know, there's the fact that unlike the word monarch, which is an inclusive term, the language of king and kingdoms is tied to a gender. And so when we use it, it can reinforce sexist stereotypes of leaders and leadership. And that's just one of the pieces of baggage the words carry along with them. Play a word association game with someone. Ask them, what words come to mind when you hear the word king? And you'll probably get, along with relatively neutral words like reign, rule, mighty, throne, you'll also get words like distant, exclusive, autocratic, nepotism, and even murderous. Yes, we know that Jesus upended the world's notions of kings and kingdoms by the example of his life and through his ministry and teachings. Yes, we know that Jesus subverted or turned notions of power and might and majesty on their head. But still, all those factors combined to make celebrating something called Christ the King Sunday a bit of a challenge. And yet, in Christianity, the imagery of Christ as king and the metaphor of kingdom is a common image or metaphor. It's an inescapable image or metaphor. The Bible, as we heard in today's readings from at least the first and second books of Samuel and the first and second kings, on is full of king language and king imagery. All that language and imagery, of course, gets carried forward into our liturgy, into our Sunday morning worship services. It's in our prayers and it's in our hymns. Think about it. At the very beginning of the service, 
your response after the presider says, blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is, and blessed be God's kingdom now and forever. In the Gloria, we recall that we praise and bless and worship God as our Lord God, heavenly King. In the Nicene Creed, we say that we believe that Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. The last request in the Eucharistic prayer ends with, and at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. And after communion, we thank God that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. That word is sprinkled throughout the liturgy, and because of familiarity, it can go in one ear and out the other, and we never really see it. A bit like the kingdom of God itself, in our midst, but not necessarily noticed. And in our music, in today's peculiar offerings to our king, we sing that God's kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moons shall wax and wane no more. We sing king of kings, yet born of Mary. And of course, in a month and a week or so from now at Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we'll be here in church belting out what the department stores already are belting out, which is, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And I find it interesting that it was Jesus himself even while he was subverting these notions of kings and kingdoms, it was Jesus himself who, when his followers asked him how to pray, he began by saying, when you pray, say this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, Jesus taught his followers, those living then and those of us living now, Jesus taught followers to pray that God's kingdom come and God's will be done on earth as it already is being done in heaven. And so, in my effort this morning to find a way that this notion or this metaphor of king and kingships can be useful, in my effort to show how it can help us in our faith journey, despite the baggage, I'd like to ask you to take just a moment and reflect on this question. To wonder for just a moment, what is heaven like? What is heaven like? What attributes do you associate with heaven? And whether or not you're completely convinced that there even is such a thing as heaven, based on what you have heard or learned or read, if there is a heaven, what would it be like? What kinds of things go on in heaven that don't go on on earth? What kinds of things go on on earth that heaven is free from? What trials and Tribulations is heaven free from, literal trials that have led to literal tribulations recently. What inequalities, what injustices, what indifferences is heaven 
free from. Imagine, if you will, heaven as a time and a place where God's dreams for humanity are fulfilled. Allow yourself to imagine what that looks like, what that feels like. And then reflect on this. That is pretty much what Jesus had in mind when Jesus referred to the kingdom or reign of God. Jesus taught that heaven, the reign of God, is not only or even primarily a distant time and distant place. Some aspects of the heavens are distant and are future, but heaven, God, and God's reign are at the exact same time right here and right now. When Jesus taught us a prayer to pray every day, give us this day our daily bread, and in that prayer taught us to pray that God's kingdom come and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Jesus was saying that the attributes, all the attributes that you associate with heaven are meant to be taking place on earth, here, now. And not only that, he was saying that you, you, you yourself are an agent, an ambassador, a priest of that kingdom. And that you are not only able, but you're empowered to bring those attributes that you associate with heaven to earth, here and now. You are able and you are equipped to bring every attribute you associate with heaven to this nation, here and now, to this city, to your family, to your friendships, to your work, to your dinner table. Here's another way of saying, you wonder what heaven, do you wonder what the kingdom of God is like? Well, what is your heart like? And what do your hands do? Bring heaven to your heart, to your hands, and your heart and your hands will help bring heaven to earth. As individual members of the body of Christ and corporately as that body, we are to pray and to work that God's kingdom come and God's will be done in the United States as it is in heaven. We're to pray and work that God's kingdom come and God's will be done in Asheville as it is in heaven. We're to pray and work to help make God's kingdom come and God's will be done in our conversations, in our emails, while working, even while driving, while loving, while spending, and while giving. We're in all those things to pray and to work that God's kingdom come and God's will is done in our hearts and through our hands. So if, if you remember nothing else from this Christ the King Sunday, let it be this. The kingdom of God does not come into existence. Heaven does not 
come into existence. It already is in existence. If only we have the eyes to see it. It is all around us, breaking in. We get glimpses of the kingdom of God through beautiful icons like this, through beautiful people like Kirsten. We get glimpses of God's kingdom breaking in to our midst every time we experience and are surprised by grace. It is all around us. Heaven, in other words, the reign of God is not something to wait for and to be fond of. It is something to work for and to be a part of. It is something to give our very best energy to, our very best efforts to, all our creativity to. That is what church is all about. And so, despite all the baggage that Christ the King Sunday can carry along with it, let us offer, let us present, let us rededicate ourselves, our resources, our creativity, our everything to that purpose of heaven on earth. Let us join in singing, not only singing, but in living out in our daily lives these wonderful words. Take my voice and let me sing always, only for my king. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall no longer be mine. Take myself and I will be ever, only, all for thee. Amen.